Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of To The Point Podcast. Hope you guys are all having a great day. Um, talk about the NH, uh, NFL earlier, but the NHL's uh, approaching starts Wednesday night with uh, six games on the schedule. So um, I've gone over the North Division, which is also known as the Canadian Division, and then I went over the Central Division this weekend. But today I thought we'd talk about the West Division. So this is a mix um, this division actually does include all Western Conference teams, so that that's nice. You know, we've seen a, a mix of both in every other division. Every other division is a has a smattering of, of different teams, but um, this West division is full of um, Stanley Cup contenders and full of really um, the bottom feeders of the league. I'd say it's very similar to the Central, where I see the Canadian division, where every team in the in the Canadian division is just average. I don't think one team stands out above the rest. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of pundits say that the Toronto Maple Leafs are the class of the division. They may very well be, but, um, you know, I don't hand out trophies before, you know, a team I'll, I'll give a, you know, the Boston Bruins, for example, they're a team that has earned a lot of respect over the past decade, making the three Stanley cups with the same roster basically that they have, you know, right now losing Chara, but in past seasons, I would say, okay, Boston Bruins are a lock to make the playoffs. I can't do that for the Toronto Maple Leafs because um, last year in the bubble, they lost in the play-in. So technically they did make the playoffs and I could say the same thing right now for, um, you know, a team out West like Chicago, you know, they're a team that did it forever. They're not in that position. You had teams like LA, you know, there's just teams that I can't pencil in um, a team that I give that much respect to is a team like St. Louis, you know, they've earned it. You know, they've made it year over year over year, had success, um, in the regular season and in the postseason, so um, it's for me. I don't just hand those out, and I think you have to earn it. So I don't see. I see. Uh, we'll talk about it in this division, but I think a couple of these teams could really make a push for the Stanley Cup with a couple additions or just some solid play all around. But like like the Central and how I did it, I'm going to go from eight to one. So where I see these teams finishing in the regular season standings top four make the playoffs so that the top, the other four will be, uh, be golfing in, uh, in May, but um, let's start with number eight. And I have the Los Angeles Kings, Los Angeles Kings are they're, they're a team that was a powerhouse in, in the 2010s, obviously winning uh, the Stanley cup in 2012 and 2014, making a, a conference final in 2013, losing to the ultimate champions, the Chicago Blackhawks. But LA is just in a state of transition. They're old roster and they're slow. They still have Anze Kopitar, who's playing at a very high level. Drew Doughty's had a, I'd say a season and a half of poor player, just not at his caliber. But I had no worries about Drew Doughty. He's one of my favorite NHL players. I still think he can find his game. Um, you have to remember, he's been playing with a lot of guys who've had limited to no NHL experience. And he's had to shoulder a lot of what they're doing. And they've also said, had some poor goaltending. Jonathan Quick's been hurt a lot. They've been you know, Cal Peterson, who's been a, a journeyman AHL goal. He's been getting a lot of opportunity for LA. Um, he's been splitting time with Quick the past you know season. So it's t- I still think Drew Doughty can have great seasons. I don't think his career is on the downslope by any means. Um, you know, I don't think he's Eric Carlson. I think he he's still at the top of his game when he wants to be. And I think he'll find it again this year. But you know, looking at their roster, you know, their decor, Drew Doughty, as I mentioned, he's at the top. You know, Oli Mata is their second defenseman right now. Um, and that's 
That's tough because on Pittsburgh, he was fifth or sixth. On Chicago, he was fifth or sixth. And they were, you know, they were going to miss the playoffs. So, and then you got Curtis McDermott, who's kind of a big, he's a prototypical fifth, sixth defenseman, plays in your bottom pair. He's big, physical, um, tough to play against, but not your, not a guy who's going to roll through 24 minutes a night. So really, they're going to have to play some younger guys this year, which is good for development, but they won't have the team to really uh, threaten anyone. They'll, Mikey Anderson, I expect to see him play quite a bit. Um, Cal Clegg will likely get an opportunity, a former uh, player for Team Canada at the World Junior Hockey Championships. But this year is a lot about development for LA. Quentin Byfield, the second overall pick, I don't know if he's going to make the roster at a camp. Obviously the season starts for them on Thursday. He's just getting back from the world juniors. Although he did not have to quarantine because um, just of different rules. He, you know, he could, he could be in the lineup. I think it'd be a smart decision. I mean, obviously he's not playing in, in the OHL. Uh, the OHL is supposed to start in February. We've seen a pushback twice already. Uh, they haven't announced a schedule. The WHL, uh, this weekend actually announced a 25 game schedule. So there's still some uncertainty there. What's going to happen. Um, but you know, even if he's on the taxi squad, it'll be good experience for him to be with the, be with the club, be around Anze Kopitar, you know, help him um, in the weight room on draws, just develop as a player. But I think also get him into some games, but you know, if you look at their team, they're slow and they're built for the, for the 2000s, you know, they got Jeff Carter, who's still signed for another two years um, at, a, at a high ticket. Dustin Brown, the former captain, another guy, and Jonathan Quick. You know, he's been injury prone recently. He's obviously a, an all pro. He's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. He's he's an LA great, um, but you know, he's just not what he used to be. Um, and this team just isn't isn't set up to win long-term. They've, you know, they parted ways with some guys, you know, veterans like Trevor Lewis left the team. Kyle Clifford is no longer on this roster. So they've shed some players that they've had. Jack Campbell was traded to Toronto last year. So they're in a state of transition, like I said, but this year development of young players, former first round pick Gabriel Velarde. Um, he's played a lot for Ontario in, in the OHL, uh, sorry, in the AHL. He needs to play, you know, the AHL is kind of in this weird place where it's supposed to start in February, but you need to, I think it's a year where you play your age, your top prospects that may be your AHL, but play them on a third line and see what they can do. Play them on a second line. Gabriel Velarde was a very highly touted prospect in the OHL. Um, I, I like his game a lot. I, I, I think you get him an opportunity. Another guy to look for is Samuel Fagamo. He's 20 years old, second round pick. Um, you might remember the name he played for Sweden at the, at the world juniors in two separate tournaments, very creative player can create offense and they're going to need that because this team isn't going to score a lot of goals. Um, Kobitar, obviously, like I said, he's there. Adrian Kempe is a good finisher, but they don't have a lot of players that are great. Like Jeff Carter can't really keep up to the game anymore. Neither can Dustin Brown. So they're in a roster where they're going to be slower. Um, they're going to probably struggle defensively. So I just said they don't have great defensemen. Um, and, you know, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they do. You know, I think they got, they got some decisions to make here um, of what they want to do with their roster, but um, I, the Kings just aren't going to be a great team. You know, they're going to, 
they're going to finish last year, another tough season, probably get a top five draft pick. And that's really what they need right now, just to acquire some assets, get some picks, and then, you know, reevaluate for Rob Blake and co in the future. At seven, you know, just down the road, the Anaheim Ducks. Um, they're a team like LA that's transitioning, but they're a little bit further ahead in the, in the rebuilding phase, I'd say. They still have Getzlaff. He's 35. I still think he's, he's a good player. I think for the money he's making, obviously he's not worth it. But he still adds that something, that veteran leadership. I think he's like Kopitar. Every team that's rebuilding needs those players that are not afraid to go through the mud, you know, get through things. Um, and Getzlaff's just a good team player. He's been their captain for a very long time. He, you know, he bleeds Anaheim. So he's not a bad thing to have. Um, and he can also mentor this season for two key players that will be if they're going to turn things around in Anaheim after, you know, years of, you know, winning a cup in 07, getting to conference finals in 06. And then again, in, in um, 2010, they need players like Sam Steele and um, the world junior championship MVP, Trevor Zegras to hit here as prospects. Um, I think both players will likely make the opening night roster. Steele has played some NHL already. Um, limited success, but again, I think you need to try to, to keep them in the lineup, playing with some with their better players. Zegras, I think Zegras was making the lineup regardless of, of his tournament at the World Juniors. Obviously, getting the 18 points, getting MVP only uh, boosted his confidence and boosted the, I'm sure, the Ducks' confidence in his development long-term. But um, he's he's a special player. Um, I He's used NHL ready before, and now he can use that and hopefully springboard it into having a, a good rookie season for the Ducks here. But again, they're kind of a slower team. They don't have a lot of, they, you know, they've lost a lot of good players. Like they had a defense back in the day when they had Fowler, Sam, uh, Sammy Vatnin, and they had Shea Theodore. They trade, they, they uh, protected Hampus Lindholm in the expansion draft and left Shea Theodore available. Vegas scooped him up and he's been a, phenomenal player for them like in the past two playoffs he's been you know their anchor their number one defenseman and they still have cam fowler who's had a good career i like josh manson a lot uh, he doesn't get a lot of notoriety but he plays with with bite he plays he plays with an edge um that's kind of why i like him just because he's different hampus lindholm's still there and they did sign kevin shattenkirk so they don't have a bad defensive core um you know it's pretty full you know, the Shattenkirk signing did make a lot of sense to me three years. Um, you know, it's, it seems like a honey honeymoon contract for him just to get some money after winning a cup in Tampa Bay. But this team isn't going to be competitive. Uh, you know, play some younger defensemen in that spot. Now you have him under contract, um, you know, obviously getting to the salary cap floor, but I wouldn't have signed him because you still have defensemen that you have to play. Um they do have good goaltending. You know, they had John, John Gibson, the American goaltender. He's, you know, he's a true number one. You know, he's not a worry uh, in like in LA quicks on the back end of his career, Calvin Peterson, you know, jury's still out on him. Um, uh, he's got mixed returns right now on whether he can be a number one goaltender. You know, John Gibson's been a solid number one goaltender for a lot of years. Uh, he's put, you know, 2015 when they made their conference final, he was in that, he was playing good hockey. Um, but, he needs some help in front of him, obviously. 
And, you know, probably their biggest piece right now that they, that they're excited about other than Zegras is Jamie Drysdale. Um, I thought the first two games he played at the world juniors were uh, shaky for me, but as the tournament went on him and Bo and Byron became a dominant pair. Um, I didn't like it at first. I wouldn't have played them together. Um, I think I was ultimately proved wrong, uh, even though, you know, Canada ultimately didn't win the gold medal, but he, he, I, I love him as a player, you know, Byron, you know, he jumped off the page of course, but Drysdale was right there with him. I think he's solid. He's a smart player getting shots to the net. He can close off angles. So I think he's got a great future um, with Anaheim, not a bad place to be, you know, Cam Fowler's a good player to have. There's a veteran to learn from Manson's not going to let him get away with, you know, being soft or, anything like that. So I don't think Anaheim's in a terrible position. They're not like LA. I think they're, they're farther ahead, but they still have some problems. They got like Derek Grant, who's a kind of a, a player who's NHL, AHL, but they, they play him. Um, they just need more skill, high-end skill in this roster for them to be competitive. You know, Jakob Silverberg's a good player for Anaheim, but it's just not enough right now. They still have Ryan Miller as their backup goaltender, who's forty. Um, they get a, they gotta get some contracts off their off their books, but in the meantime, you know I think they can use the Toronto Blue Jays model, where okay, you might not be a great team, you still have some older players that you need to get rid of, but in the meantime, you can play these younger guys, and you might lose some games, but they get valuable reps so that they're adjusted to the NHL game. They know what losing feels like. They don't like it. And then they're ready to take that next step when the team is ultimately built and ready to contend. So I don't think the Ducks are that far away from being a competitive team again, but we'll see. Um, You know, Anaheim hasn't been a team that's, you know, it's kind of mixed on how they spend their money Um, with this pandemic. I don't know if they're going to be a franchise that really uh, gets hit hard, like a Florida or an Arizona, but it'll it'll be interesting to see. Um, They're, The teams in in the Cali right now are struggling. And just to use that transition in the sixth spot, I got the San Jose Sharks. So, you know, all Cali teams here in in the bottom three. Um, San Jose, because they're in in San Jose right now, you can't play organized sports because you can't have that mass gatherings and with COVID. So they're starting their season in Arizona. They're playing out of the Arizona rink. That's where their training camp is right now. So a little bit tricky for them. They're kind of, kind of being like the, uh, like the uh, Raptors and the Blue Jays, where they're they're in Arizona. You know, they set up shop there. They're they're living there permanently. Um, but this team that they have is similar to their you know 2019 conference final team. But that's it's not that good because the team that year really was their last kick at the can. And it took a lot out of them getting to game six against St. Louis. They had two seven game series before that. And, you know, before that series, a couple of those players really were, were gutted. Um, I'm going to start with my favorite punching bag, Eric Carlson. You know, a lot of people love Eric Carlson as a player. I'm fine with that. Um, He was good in Ottawa. Wasn't great. Wasn't two time Norris winner. You know, just because you get points doesn't mean you're a great defenseman. And that's something that hockey writers, voters just seem to forget every year. Um, if you get 80 points as a defenseman, you automatically win the award. Well, what if you're terrible in your own zone, you cough up the puck more than any other player, and you're a flat-out liability 
on the defensive end. Well, all those traits equal Eric Carlson. He's signed a seven-year, $11 million deal in, in San Jose after being traded you know, from Ottawa. And I don't blame him. The money's there. Take, I'm, I'm never going to complain about a player getting his money because we know owners take, take a lot and you know, they don't apologize for, for all the money they make. But it was stupid for San Jose because they put, you know, Toronto's built their roster where they have all these forwards making money. Well, San Jose is the complete opposite. They got Brent Burns, who's 35. He's got, he signed an eight-year deal two years ago times eight. Vlasic, who's 33, times a seven-year, $7 million a year deal. Um, they got three older defensemen. Carlson, who's beat up. Vlasic, who... His skating is struggling now. He's not, he wasn't the fastest before, but he could make it up just with being smarter and kind of getting the pucks. Burns, um, I think he can have another good year in him, but he was never the, the greatest defenseman. So this team, you know, they they still have some really good pieces. Like Logan Couture, who's on another big deal, he's a good player. You know, I think Logan Couture has been a really underrated player for, for a long time in the NHL. Um, he's obviously the captain now after um, Little Joe left last season. Um, but he's he's still a great player. I, I think he's smart. He, you know, he's gone into battles with, with different players in his career. He's gone toe-to-toe with Crosby, and I think he's held his own um, in that 20, 2016 Cup Final you know, he did a good job keeping Crosby in check. Crosby did the same thing, but he's gone, you know, he's beaten Kopitar in playoff series. He's beaten, you know, some good, he's gone with head to head with Ryan O'Reilly. So he's, he's been through these wars. He knows he's got scars and, and he's done it. Another player that that's still playing at a very high level is Thomas Hurdle. Came in the league, you know, had, had that beautiful goal between the legs and kind of hit the wall past couple of years, he's really committed to, to getting better. And those playoff runs, he was maybe the best forward if, if, right there with Couture. Um, he's at the, when he's got a shot, he's flying down the wing. Most times it's going in the net. So they still, they still have players that you'd like, you know, Evander Kane is another guy. He brings that edge, but he's also, you know, a 25 to 30 goal scorer. Um, he's like a Matthew Kachuk where he's going to piss you off but you might take a stupid penalty and he'll be on the power play and get the goal and then skate by the penalty box and let you know about it. Um, Timu Meyer, he kind of had a, a down season last year, but he's, he's a good player, obviously playing for the Halifax Mooseheads. He's had, he's had a good career um, thus far and he's a, he's a player to look out for, for San Jose. But, you know, the team, like I said, is a little bit older they got Devin Dubnik and Martin Jones in net, which is always scary. You know, Dubnik's been, hasn't been great in Minnesota, and that's who they've upgraded at the position. Um, you know, Martin Jones is still there, and that's that's their upgrade. You know, Staylock's gone. Uh, Dubnik, Martin Jones, I have no trust in. Dubnik, I have little to no trust in. He was replaced last year in the playoffs as the number one goaltender by Alex Staylock. So, you know, they're on the downside of their careers here. I think San Jose, um, Doug Wilson knows that this team needs a rebuild, but he's in a position where it's going to be very difficult to do it. You know, them in Chicago are in similar positions where you have older players who you committed money to, 
and no team is really going to want them because they're getting older and not what they used to be. Um, I think they could get rid of Couture, but that's not the player they want to get rid of. You know, Vlasic, nobody's taken that. Brent Burns, I, I don't even think some, somebody will touch that. Carlson, no, no way in hell. Um, and, you know, they traded that Carlson trade. They traded uh, what would have been the fifth overall pick in this past year's draft. And obviously um, the, uh, the Senators drafted Jake Sanderson. So they've, they've had no first rounders the past two years. They had one second round pick in the last two years. So to get new blood and real elite talent, they haven't had the ability to do it. So they're in this division where the fifth seed, I don't think is much higher than them. I think they're going to be close with, with the team just above them, but it's, it's going to be a dog fight for, for the sharks. Um, maybe just cause they're a playoff, they have that playoff prowess and muscle memory. They can will themselves into a playoff position, but I don't have a lot of faith in them. Um, just, like I said, they're, they're a team that that's older. They don't have solid goaltending and you know, they're stuck in hell right now when it comes to contracts. So sixth San Jose, um, you know, they've, you know, they were a team that got so close, you know, conference finals twice, Stanley cup final losing to Pittsburgh. And they ultimately couldn't raise a cup, you know, Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe is back with San Jose this year. And that's more of a sympathy thing. He wants to break Gordy Howe's record for most games played. He's not, you know, he's not a threat. He's not a player that's going to do anything for you. So it's just, it's a team you can't really get excited about. And that, that's just the easiest way for me to say it. I don't, I wouldn't fear them if I was an opponent. And as, a, as Doug Wilson, good luck, but that's your own fault. You signed all these guys to contracts, traded for Eric Carlson. And I was, I remember living with my roommates and I, you know, my Dawson, you know, Dawson Warren, my, one of my best friends, he's a Senators fan. And I said, trading Carlson's a good thing for you guys. And he was kind of like pushing on, pushing me on it. And I said, Carlson's his wheels are going to fall off. And they were starting to in Ottawa. And I, I called it two years before it happened that he was not going to be the same player and good for Ottawa. Great trade. And San Jose stuck in Eric Carlson purgatory right now. Um, so just above San Jose, I think these two teams will be in a dog fight, but it might be the goaltending that pushes, um, Minnesota above San Jose is the Minnesota wild. Um, this is another team that's, you know, it's a common theme in, in this division where you have older teams that are, you know, they had some success. They made pushes towards playoffs and they never could win. Well, Minnesota had less success than the other three. Obviously the Kings winning two cups, they, they have the ultimate glory. Um, the Ducks winning one cup in 2007, but um, Minnesota, they made a push, you know, what 2012 signing uh, Ryan Suter, Zach Parise had a huge 12 year deals. Um, it was a huge splash deadline day. It was same day. They both signed. Um, Parise was a captain in New Jersey. Suter was assistant captain playing alongside Shea Weber in Nashville. And, you know, it hasn't worked out. They made the second round, losing to the Blackhawks when they won the cup in 15. But now they're an older team. Um, like I mentioned, they had Dubnik and Net, and they're in this state where they're still an old team, and they're trying to adjust on the fly here. Um, Billy Guerin is second year as general manager, but if you look at their team, 
Um, just their center ice position. So they got Nick Bustad, 28. Not bad, you know, for age, but he's injury, injury prone. He's been injured the past three seasons and missed 40 games last year. Nick Benino, 32. Good player, veteran. He's been on Nashville, won a cup with Pittsburgh, but um, he's he's okay. I'm not going to complain about that one. Marcus Johansson, 30. Again, I don't see him as a fit. You know, they traded for him, and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, they traded they traded him for Eric Stahl, who again is an older player, but those three, that center ice position is going to kill you. Um, you know, they do one thing they can kind of be excited about is Marco Rossi. He was injured in training camp. So I, I don't think he'll make the opening night roster just because of injury. Went ninth overall to Minnesota, uh, just a, a stud for the Ottawa 67s last season, getting uh, close to hundred points in a shortened season. And he looks like the real deal. Um, he wouldn't have shot, shine bright at the world juniors, just playing with Austria and playing with, you know, not a lot of elite talent, but um, he can play and they got to hope that he can develop here. Uh, but again, just going through the roster, Zach Parise, I mentioned they signed him. He's 36. Matt Zuccarello, two, two uh, uh, free agencies ago, signed him to a five-year deal. He's 33 years old. Like, you can have older players. I'm not, I'm not an ageist because I, I like older. I'm a, I love when Yager was still in the league, but you need a mix and they don't have it right now. You know, Jared Spurgeon, their new captain's 30. And just a few players they need to rely on. Kevin Fiala, he's really stepped up for them in the past couple seasons. He looks like a player. I think he can be a 30 goal scorer in the NHL. He's that elite with the puck, you know, 25 for sure, but on a regular 82 game schedule, 30. 30 goals shouldn't be a problem for him. He's a power play specialist. He's got a great shot, a wrister or a slap shot. So, um, and they also got to hope that Kirill Kaprizov, who's been with the organization for five years now, comes over from Russia. He's in his last year of his deal with SKA St. Petersburg. He was obviously the Russian captain of the World Juniors twice, but he's 23. So he's been playing against men for a long time. And I think he's got supreme talent. However, just because you're, you know, you're great in Russia does not mean you're going to be great over here. And I think he can do it, but for Minnesota to put all those, you know, all the eggs in that basket where he can be the future of the team is a risk I don't want. Um, and it's, it's scary for me. Um, but, you know, Fiala, the likes of Kaprizov, they need in him and Rossi, now, these are really the cornerstones. Rossi's a center ice position, so that's important for them to, to get better there. But, you know, they still have Matt Dumba on the back end, who, who's a good player. I said they got Suter back there. Spurgeon, who's the new team captain. So they still have some players, but they're in a state of transition. Um, and their goaltending is older, too. Staylock's over 30. They signed Cam Talbot in free agency, who's 33. So I think they have enough scoring i'm not saying they're not gonna make the playoffs i don't think but they'll get them in san jose or like this for me they're not both of them aren't great but they'll they'll push each other a bit um those games will be important to you finishes higher but i like talbot and Staylock more than i like dubnik and um martin jones that's kind of why i see minnesota finishing a bit higher and i like their decor more too just 
with the uncertainty for San Jose. So that moves us into the playoff teams, top four. Number four, um, I didn't think I'd say this before, but with this divisional alignment, they're gonna, the Arizona Coyotes. Um, Arizona, beginning of the offseason, they look like they're going to just strip the thing to the ground. They were trying to trade their captain, Oliver Ekman Larson, because he's got a you know, seven-year deal making $10 million. He has a full no trade, so they're trying to trade him, but he gave them a deadline. They got to that day. He said, I'm not going anywhere, so chew on this money. So he's still there. Whether that's awkward or not, we'll see what happens this season. But, you know, they got him, still got – Nick Jalmerson, they got Jacob Chichikarin back there. Um, you know, they they got a solid decor. Um, it's a huge year for Connor Garland. Um, he's he emerged, he had a career last year with 22 goals and 38 points. I think he can get 25 to 30 in the league. Um, just with his power play prowess alone, I think he can get 10, you know, eight to ten goals on the power play. Um he's He's a catalyst for Arizona this year to have, to have a good year. Obviously, it's only 56, so you got to parade everything. But, you know, they have some players, too, that I like. Barrett Hayton, you know, I think he's hasn't shown much in the NHL level yet, but he should get every opportunity to play with the likes of Garland. They still have, obviously, uh, Phil Kessel, who has had a couple down years, but um, you know he's going to play every night. He's never missed a game in his career playing all 82 for 12 years. He's you know, the ultimate iron man and he, he comes to play. So I'll give him that Christian Fisher is another guy that I like. He's kind of a big, big bodied guy, but he can finish at the net. Um, and really the main reason I have them above, you know, Minnesota and San Jose is Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper in past seasons has emerged as a star goaltender. You know, he was a with Minnesota originally, they waived him. Um, they didn't want him. And then he came to Arizona and with goaltending coaches and, and just solid play, he's become a number one goaltender. He's being six foot seven in the net. So he takes up a lot of the net, but you know, they played Colorado in the return to play last year and they stole a game from him. He made like 58 saves in the win. You know, he made the team competitive and I think he can do that again. Um, I, I just see, I like Arizona a bit better. I like, you know, Chichikran, I think, can have a big year on the back end. You know, Oliver ekman Larson's still a very good player. So I like their their youth movement a little bit more than I like than I like San Jose and Minnesota. Um, but, you know, Arizona, they're a team in a weak division. So we got to remember that. You know, if they make the playoffs, you know, if they play top three teams, I, I don't see them having much of a chance against these top teams. But it's, um, you know, it's good for them to make the playoffs after what looked like an offseason where, again, ownership was going to trade away every, every talented piece they had and start a rebuild again for the 10th time in 10 years. It's, it seems as if that they're going to stick with this roster for now. They're a team that is always trying to move their building. They don't have steady ownership, which they still don't. But um, – We'll see what happens. They got uh, talk it behind the bench. I think he's a really good coach. Um, so they have some good things going for them, but they need, you know, consistency from, from players like Garland, Barrett Hayton to play a more consistent game for them to Chikrin to show up night in, night out, not, you know, once a week, but I like them a little bit more than I like Minnesota. 
So the top three are the cream of the crop. I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that I think a couple of these teams are Stanley Cup contenders. I think the top three all are um, for different reasons, but I think these top three teams could all win the Stanley Cup this season. Number three, I have the 2019 Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. Um, You know, they're still a great team. They have the makings of the 2019 uh, Stanley Cup win. However, they have lost some pieces. Um, Jake Allen departed, got traded to Montreal. And of course, you know, elephant in the room, they are without their captain, Alex Petrangelo. He's been one of the more consistent defensemen in the past decade in the NHL. I think he's, he's so good. He's good at everything. He's good at scoring. He, he can shut down your top pair if you need him to. He can play you know, 26, 27 minutes a night. He's just a Swiss Army knife when it comes to de- delivering on the biggest stage. And obviously, um, him and St. Louis couldn't really agree on terms. They let him walk. Um I think it was a mistake personally. Um, you know, they made some questionable decisions, this organization. At the beginning of last year, they traded for Justin Falk uh, right before the first game of the season for Carolina. They signed him the next day to a, for $6 million a year. That was strange. Then they traded for Marco Scandella from Montreal, for who was traded for the second time because he was originally traded from Buffalo to Montreal. Then they signed him to a deal. So he was bypassed by two defensemen before he got a contract. Petrangelo ultimately said, screw you, I'm going to leave here. And him and his family obviously went to Vegas. But um, in the offseason, they did they did get a player that's not going to fill his role because they're very different. But they, they got Tory Krug from Boston. He's been a solid, I would say he's been the third defenseman for them. Um, I don't think he's, you know, he... Some might say he's their number one. I, I don't see it that way because a number one defenseman can score, get points, and defend, and he's not a high-end defender. Um, he's, an, he's a liability on defense, to be honest with you. Very good power play player. One of the best power play defensemen in the NHL, bar none. Um, just, I think his intelligence on the power play and where, where to put the puck is what really separates him from other people. But he's not Petrangelo. You know, he's not, he's not going to log um, huge minutes for this team. They're going to need him to be a power play specialist, put up points and then play with a reliable defenseman so that, you know, he doesn't get into trouble. Um, I'd like to see Krug maybe play some with Colton Pareko. And this is something about these teams at the high end of this, of this comp, of this division, they really have two number one defensemen because for a long time now, Colton Pareko has been the number one defenseman in my eyes. Big six foot five defenseman. He'll finish it. He's got one of the best shots in the NHL. He closes gaps. He's he just does it all. Um, he's he's a guy that's been rumored in trades forever, but they've they've held on to him for good reason. Probably knowing that Petrangelo might be leaving, they might not get him back. So though you know Pareko's younger, and he you know, he's been he's been great for them. Um, so they do have some they do have some strong defensemen. You know. Their decors rounded out by, you know, Justin Falk, who I mentioned, Vince Dunn, Marco Scandella, Carl Gunnarsson, you know, and Bertuzzo's their extra. So they still have a veteran defensive core. Um, they got Jordan Bennington in net. He needs to have a good year. You know, he hasn't, I think he, he always had that fantastic playoff run, that Cinderella run where he was playing in the East Coast Hockey League earlier in that season. But last year, he really wasn't a consistent 
number one goaltender. He had Jake Allen as a security blanket. Jake Allen played quite a bit last year. Obviously, Jake's gone. You know, Billy Huso is likely going to get the backup job behind him. And he's been touted as a guy who's been NHL ready for a couple of years now. But with limited experience, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Bennington to deliver. And, um, you know, we'll see what he's made of this year because, you know, he's going to, he's going to face it a lot. He's going to have to play a lot of games, 56, um, 56 game season. He'll be playing a lot. So we'll see what he has, but, you know, also St. Louis, you know, they did some good stuff on on offense too. They made Ryan O'Reilly, their new captain, which is just an obvious choice. He's, he's like potentially just breezed the organization ever since being traded from Buffalo. He seems to have found his love for the game again. And you know, he, it's hard to find a guy who works harder night in and night out than Ryan O'Reilly. Just today, they signed Mike Hoffman to a one-year $4 million deal. Um, Hoffman, you know, he's a 30-goal scorer and uh, 56 games prorated, but he's one of, the, one, of, one of the best shots. And they already had a winger with one of the best shots. So the right wing position is looking strong. You know, Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, he... When he's healthy, he's a very dangerous player. He got shoulder surgery twice last season. So it'll be interesting to see what he's like when he gets back on the ice. But with Tarasenko and Hoffman, they're dangerous, um, especially their power play. It's going to be very tough. You can put them on either side. And uh, I like I like the, their roster right now. You can get Krug to tee up Tarasenko, then tee up Hoffman. It's going to be tough for goaltenders, tough for defensemen, because you're going to have to block some shots that are coming at you quick. So dangerous there. And obviously they still have a power play specialist in Braden Chen, who's still playing at a high level. Um, Jaden Schwartz, who was one of their catalysts in winning the Stanley Cup. So, and you look at their team, great depth players. Robert Thomas, he's only 21. I think he's still got a lot more game to find. He's a winner. He's won at every level he's played at. So I expect to see a jump from him. Oscar Sundquist, who's just like a perfect fourth liner. David Perron, who's plays his best hockey in St. Louis. And then, you know, Ivan Barbashev. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of Barbashev just because he's a Moncton Wildcat. He was all about skill and scoring, and he's pivoted his game to stay in the NHL. You see a ton of players who aren't willing to do it, and they're out of the league. You know, he did it to his credit. And, you know, he was he was a small part, but also a big part why they won the Cup. Just the way he played physically against the other team's defensemen, he wore them down as the series went on. And he's He's a, he's a player that's fun to watch and, you know, I, I root for him. So, you know, they could easily bump themselves up. You know, the way I've talked about this team, they're very good and they are, I think they could win the Stanley cup this year, but um, you know, Petrangelo gone to some different additions ought to see how they gel. So um, obviously we'll see what happens there. Number two, number two and number one were tough because I, I initially had number two. I, I had I have number two and number one flipped from what I what I originally had, but number two I had the Colorado Avalanche. Um, Colorado, you know they have the second best player in hockey on the roster, and that's Nathan McKinnon. Um, he's such a dynamic player. You know, drafted first overall, had a great rookie season, his sophomore and junior seasons weren't that great, but since then he's just dominated the league. Um, he's my pick to win the hard trophy for league MVP this year. You know, he's playing with Miko Rantanen, who's the perfect line mate for him because he can get to that finish. Rantanen's also got some pretty good vision on the ice. So McKinnon can put some pucks in the net too. But when McKinnon gets the puck, 
at you know his own blue line, he can go through the whole team, whole defenseman, get to the net. It's in the back of the net before you even realize what happens. I mean, he's such a fun player to watch. I mentioned, you know, Rantanen is a guy who's played with him forever. And they have good chemistry. Um, and just looking at this team, they still got Gabriel Landeskog, who's a good player. They acquired Nazem Kadri last year. Perfect second-line center. He um, he didn't take stupid penalties like he did in Toronto. He He's given a bigger role, which Toronto never gave him. So he, he's kind of – he's found a new lease on life, and I think he's enjoying the game a little more. Obviously having success in Colorado, making it – they lost in the second round last year to, to Dallas, game seven overtime. So they were close to, to get into that conference final, and I think they'll be even more motivated this year to, to do better and obviously get closer to the ultimate goal of winning uh, Lord Stanley. But, you know, they got Shane Bowers, who they acquired from, from Ottawa in a trade. He's 21. I think he's going to make the roster at center. We'll have to see what he can do. Um, they also – you know, Martin Kaut is a player that I'm high on. He's a, from the Czech Republic. He played at the World Juniors. So remember, he's got some bite. He's got also got some high-end skill. So, I mean, this team's all about acquiring high-end skill. I mean, they got Alec New, Alex Newhook in their organization, who obviously he's not going to play this year because he's uh, playing at Boston College. But he's, you know, they, they set themselves up very well. Um, and... I'm going to go through all the, the best and I'm going to get to the weakness and why they're not number one, you know, their defensive core. I mean, I, I wrote them all down because this, this is just an embarrassment of riches. Number one, Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr, he, he won rookie of the year last year. He could win the Norris this year um, on his second year easily because again, it's about the most points. I don't think he's the best defensively. I think he's better than Quinn Hughes when it comes to defensive play, but he could get you know 56 game season if he could get I don't know, six he could get 50 points McCarr he could get 50 points 56 games as a defenseman for sure uh especially who he's playing with I me mean, make a breakup pass McKinnon he goes down the ice back in the net there's an assist um so then you got Eric Johnson in the two hole you know Eric Johnson he was a he's a former uh, first overall pick he wasn't what everybody thought he was going to be, but he's always been solid in Colorado. He's he plays his role, penalty kills, good good veteran guy. So you know Eric Johnson's not a bad player to have in your roster. Then you got Ryan Graves. Uh, obviously he's, he's a Nova Scotia boy. Um, for what it's worth, he won the plus minus title last year. He's plus thirty eight last year. Plus minus is a stat that I'm not huge on, but you're on the ice 38 times. Some of them you contributed, maybe not even half of them. So my metric is probably like plus 15 or something, but you know, I know some people love plus minus if you're a defenseman. If, if you've got a kid, that's a defenseman. You think he had a good game if they're plus two, even if, you know, they don't do anything. So that's, but he, he's a good player. I'm not, I'm not dumping on him. He's, he's a damn good player. Um, great trade in the off season. They acquired a uh, Devon Taves from the Islanders. He was great for them last year. Obviously, the Islanders going to the conference final, losing to Tampa Bay, but he had a breakout year. Um, he's, he's got an offensive game, solid defensively. And the Islanders trading him because they had cap problems. And, and somehow Colorado, who's just got so many D, gets him. It's just crazy. Um, then Ian Cole, he's a perfect fifth, fifth defenseman, fifth, sixth defenseman. He's, 
Again, he's got some grit. He's got some grind. And then six seven, you know, Bowen Byron. Bowen Byron played for Canada. If you remember at the World Juniors, had a great tournament. Um, and they got Samuel Gerard too, who I don't like. Uh, he's their worst defenseman for me, and it's not even close. I don't know if Byron will make the opening night roster, but with him and McCarr flying around out there, it's going to be scary for teams to deal with with, with Colorado. With McKinnon up front, is it, I wouldn't want to play them, I'll tell you that. However, they do have a weakness, and the weakness is their goaltending. Uh, you know, Phil Grubauer is their number one, but last year he was hurt in the playoffs, so it was Pavel Francouz that initially came in. He was injured. Then Michael Hutchinson had to come in. So that was a disaster. But Grubauer has been a, a forever backup goaltender uh, in, in Washington. The year they won the cup, he started as the starter in the playoffs, started the first two games. They yanked him, started uh, Holtby in game three against Columbus. They won that game in double overtime. He never saw the net again. So he's been in, he's been in Colorado for a little bit now, but he's not – He's not the answer. He's not a good enough number one to win a cup. You need a you need elite goaltending. He just hasn't shown it yet. Um, the backup I said, Francouz. That's a scary thought. Um, he's he's he came over here just two years ago at thirty. Finally made the NHL as a backup. And you need an addition. So I got a couple guys through the year that can maybe look at it. And I'm not. I don't love the names I've provided, but they're better than what they have. You know, Jonathan Quick. Two-time Stanley Cup champion. If you require him at the end of the year, if you're in a playoff spot, easy. You can give him a little bit of rest down the stretch, start Grubauer a lot of the games down the road and make him ready and fresh for the playoffs. Plus, it's a shortened season, so he should be should be good to go, and he'll be splitting starts with, with uh, LIL year. Another name I included is Marc-Andre Fleury. It would be tough for um, – Colorado to make a trade with Vegas just because they're in the same division, but you never know. Call, uh, Vegas is in cap hell. You know, they're real strapped. They got Leonard and Flurry. Flurry's making $7 million. Uh, Leonard's making over five. So over 12 million in net for, for uh, Vegas is tough on an $81.5 million flat salary cap. So he would be an upgrade over what they have. Obviously got tons of playoff experience. And then the last name I added is Darcy Kemper. Um, I don't think Arizona wants to part with Darcy Kemper, but if they're see, if they see their season and they're finishing fourth, they're a team that makes little money. They might want to trade Kemper, get rid of that money off the books and just get some prospects and move on to the future and say, well, you know, we'll give you Kemper for your playoff run. And he, he changed life in Colorado. I mean, he's a, phenomenal goaltender so maybe Arizona if their season's tilting or if they struggle he's a guy that they can get rid of because teams are going to be calling for him the second they start to falter even a little bit but you know they're right there you know Colorado's a fantastic team uh, easily a Stanley Cup contender and if anybody thinks they're not let me know but I, I don't think I'll hear that and number one and number one, uh, this team is above Colorado just slightly just because of their, of their goaltending position. And it's the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, Vegas does not have the skill at the forward position that Colorado has, for sure. But they have a lot of players that just play hard and play the game the right way. Um, I think of 
Jonathan Marcheseau, I think of Riley Smith, William Carlson. You know, these guys have been through the been through the grind, uh, making a Stanley Cup final in their first season, conference final last year against Dallas. They they've been through it. And you know, Alex Tuck, who's really emerged as, as a good number two center for Vegas. Um, and obviously, you know, Pacioretty, um, they got to hope that their first round, their first, you know, their first draft pick ever, Cody Glass, who's now 21, played last season the entire year in the, in the uh, AHL, can start to find his, uh, find his place and play in the NHL this season. But, you know, they got, they got good forwards, none of them that jump off the page at you, but they all contribute. They can all be, you know, 45 to 50 point players, which is dangerous. And then you move to the defenseman. You know, signing Alex Petrangelo was, was a big move for them. That's going all in. You know, they got you know, their salary cap. They're right up against it. So they had to plunge and make that decision. They obviously are okay with it. Um, and you look at their decor, they really have two number one defensemen because they have Petrangelo and Shea Theodore, who's emerged as a number one defenseman playing at a very high level for Vegas. And, um, you know, he's just, he's a great player and a guy that you need to look out for when he's on the ice because he can, he can score great wrister when he's flying down the wing, especially on the left side, just pick that right post, put it in. And, you know, the rest of the decor is solid. Martinez, McNabb, White Cloud, Holden. I would like to see them upgrade it before the end of the year, but that'll come deadline when teams are struggling players will be available so they can upgrade their, their, um, their bottom six, you know, their bottom five, fifth, six defensemen. They can upgrade that on, on D, but you know, they got flurry, Mark Andre flurry and Robin Leonard in net. I like that better than Colorado's setup right now. And I don't think it is when you get to the middle of the regular season, it's not about winning the game six, five and Vegas can defend a little bit better. And, you know, their, their goaltending will be more solid than Colorado. So I see them, edging out Colorado by just a little bit. Um, you know, they're, the teams are very close. Um, they're both phenomenal. Um, it's too bad that they're not in separate conferences because I think they're stronger than the Central. Um, I think yeah, they'll either one of the teams that come out of this division will beat whoever comes out of the Central as of right now, unless there's you know, significant injuries or something happens over the course of the season. But Vegas, they're hungry to win, obviously, conference final last year. Um, Colorado, a game away from the conference final. Both these teams losing to, to um, Dallas. So there's a lot to be excited about. You know, these top three teams are really the cream of, cream of the creme when it comes to the NHL. Um, Colorado and uh, St. Louis playing opening night. So look out for that. But, yeah, I just think – all these teams have solid management. They know what they're doing. You know, um, Vegas for such a te- with a t- team and a franchise that's so young, they're not afraid to take chances. They want to win a cup here early. I think send a message to the NHL and um, obviously with Seattle coming into the, to the show next, the next year with the expansion draft in, in July, um, you know, Vegas winning that cup before they come in would, would be um, a good welcoming for Seattle that you know, they can have some success early on in the franchise's history, but yeah, that's, that's really the, the West vision. Um, it's weak at the bottom, very weak, but as you get to the top, you start seeing these teams that could raise the trophy at the end of the year. Um, and you know, the, the biggest off season addition was obviously Alex Petrangelo. I think that'll stay consistent. 
you know, that he's got a seven-year deal that may not look great in years five, six, seven, but I think he can provide a good first four for Vegas here. And he's obviously got a full no trade, so he can control what happens. But I think that was a smart move, and it was weak on St. Louis's part, and it may ultimately cost them, you know, a chance to to raise that trophy again. Um, so we'll see what happens. But this is a fun division to watch. I mentioned Colorado, St. Louis, um, 11.30 Wednesday night. Vegas gets going the next night. So, uh, but this division should be fun to watch. Um, I'm going to try to do the last, the last division, the East division um, before the um, season starts. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. But um, until then, everybody have a great day. Hope you guys are enjoying uh, the content here. Um, this week, tomorrow night, I'll be joining Seamus. Uh, Seamus will be joining me where we'll recap episodes three and episodes four of your honor. So we'll be talking about that. Um, Thursday, I'll be doing a morning podcast talking about the games. Um, Wednesday night, the opener, talk about that. I'll likely be doing uh, Friday, Friday morning, I'll be doing a show um, where I talk about just different things, what's going on in the world of sports, um, you know, basketball, NHL, football, what have you. Plan on doing a football show as always on Friday. And then Friday afternoon, I'm going to be doing a special podcast um, with a special guest. Um, I'm not going to tell you the guest yet, um, but it's going to be fun. Uh, this guy, I've known him my whole life. Um, uh, I, he's one of my best friends and I love him to death. And it will be his first appearance on the podcast. Um, so, and it won't be about sports, but it's actually, I'll tell you what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about um, one of our favorite programs, The Office, uh, the U.S. version of The Office. We'll be talking about that. So keep, keep your eyes posted for that. That'll come out probably Friday night or early Saturday morning. So lots happening here to the point. Um, I also wanted to say I got this for Christmas. So I just kind of want to show it here. Um, my nice coworker, Crystal, got me a to the point mug. So um, thank you, Crystal. I uh, really appreciate it. Obviously, beautiful logo to the point. Um, so I appreciate that. And everybody just have a great day. Lots of content coming. So uh, keep your eyes and ears open. Cheers.